0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you. It inspires you. It challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Hope you're taking good notes. I love people that take notes in church because you can sort of look back over your notes as the year goes on and see what God was speaking to you and see how a series may have spoke to you over the course of the year. And these are the kind of series that will help you practically, I hope. We say it like this, that if, if, if it doesn't work on Monday, it, it probably doesn't work on Sunday. In other words, I want to give you some tools to help you in your real life and help you in your relationships. This series is all about relationships. It's all about helping you get better in every relationship in your life. If you weren't here last week, you can catch that message on YouTube, but let me catch you up. We said it like this. That I want to focus this entire series on me We said all relationship problems are Everybody say people problems All relationship problems are people problems There's no such thing as well We have a bad you know, office And we, we got man just the culture of that office And that office is terrible And the things that happen in my job And all that, that's terrible No, an office can't have that It's the people that are in the office that have that Right? People come to to, to me or they go to a counselor and they say, we have marriage problems. Now listen, I know what you mean when you say you have marriage problems, but marriage can't have a problem. People have problems and they bring them into their marriage. Say amen to that. Uh, uh, Church hurt, people have church hurt And they say well I I got hurt by that church And I'm carrying around some church And I know it's really popular right now And I know a lot of people are posting about it And I, I know a lot of people are talking about it Maybe you've even said it And maybe I know what you mean when you say you have church hurt But look at me There's no such thing as church hurt Churches can't hurt people People hurt people Are you with me? There's no such thing as, as grocery store hurt, H-E-B hurt. First of all, they do everything perfectly at H-E-B. So whatever it is they do, it is correct. But, but there, listen, just because if I have a bad experience, I don't just divorce grocery shopping. Right? I just say, well, that was a bad cashier. It doesn't mean all of HEB's bad. Are you with me, everybody? People have problems, and I want to help you today, I want to help everybody in the room today, and I'll be honest with you, it's going to be a little bumpy, I just took a trip this last week, had a chance to uh, be in another location, and as we were (coughs) landing, our pilot said, it's going to be a bumpy landing, okay, Um, look into my eyes, it's going to be a whole bumpy ride today, all right, so buckle your seat belts up, and there's no barf bags on the in front of your uh, seat there, but it's going to be bumpy, I want to help us today uh, around the topics of unforgiveness and defense. Look at your neighbor right in the eye and say, it's not you, it's me. Come on, do it. Some of you won't even follow directions. Look at them and say, it's not you, it's me. You're the one I'm talking about if you can't even follow directions. It's not you, it's me. I want to talk to you about offense and unforgiveness. If you're taking notes, write that at the top of your paper. Offense, the spirit of offense and unforgiveness. We live in a highly offended, easily offended culture everybody's offended about something <laughs> and if you're not just hang around somebody and you'll get offended about whatever offends them there everybody's look you should let people know not only are we in an offended culture we're in an offended culture that likes to celebrate offense and make sure you know how offended i just am about this whole thing it's not enough for me to be offended and, and, and angry alone. I want you to be angry with me. I want you Nobody ever leaves good reviews on Yelp when they, when they have a good restaurant. They only leave them when I, I found a hair in my biscuit. And uh, I don't have blonde hair, so it wasn't mine This is a terrible place, I'd never come here This is awful, the worst restaurant you've ever been to in your whole life I hate these people, I hated my waitress It was cold, it cost too much I found a hair in the biscuit, this is terrible Don't ever come here, don't bring your friends and family, ever And then when you post it You have to share it just so you make sure everybody else feels the same way you feel about it. doesn't matter how many good biscuits they've had there. By the way, never had a bad biscuit, hair and all. Come on, somebody. So (laughs) you just want... (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm not eating a hairy biscuit. I... We just want we want to share it. We want you to be offended with us. I want you it's trendy to be offended. This is going to be tough on everybody. Are you ready for this one? Did you buckle up? We live in a cancel culture. Look into my eyes. This is not a political statement. This is not about politics. It's not even about pop culture. I'm just telling you we live in a cancel culture and cancel culture is not kingdom culture. Cancel culture says if you don't do it my way Believe it like I believe it See it the way I see it Understand it how I understand it Like what I like Do what I do Vote like I vote Look like me And believe what I believe Then you're out I'm done with you I don't have to respond to you I don't have to be around you I don't have to like you We'll boycott you We'll tell all of our friends not to go there I don't want anything to do with you I cancel you Keep looking straight ahead because some of y'all posted just like this. I just, I am done with them. I don't have to reply. I don't. You're out. You don't have to be. And we're easily offended. Listen, and we want other people to be offended with them. But cancel culture is not kingdom culture. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because Jesus didn't cancel you when you messed up. What gives you the right to think you're so good you can cancel them when they messed up? Why do you think you get to destroy a relationship because it didn't meet your expectations when Jesus stuck around with your own knucklehead? And you're a Christian and you're a Christ follower and you're easily to just slash people out of your life and I'm done with them and they're not like me and then you do what, what the kids are calling ghosting. I had to look it up in the Urban Dictionary to make sure I knew what it meant. Do you know what ghosting is? Ghosting is because I hurt... And because we have a misunderstanding, and because we have a miscommunication, and because there's offense in my life, I get to just disappear from all communication. I don't have to reply to you, I don't have to call you, I don't have to answer when you call. I just cut you out. Look into my eyes. That is not the way Christians handle relationships. The only ghosting you need is the Holy Ghost that fixes your mind that you don't. Get to cancel culture. You, look, I told you all it was bumpy. Did you buckle up? You don't get to write people off when they hurt you. We are people of reconciliation. We're people of honor. We're people of unity. We're people of love. We're not people who says, I don't like you. I'm done with you. Because God wasn't done with you the hardest thing about this Bible, listen to me, the most most damning scripture in this whole book, now that says something. I've read it cover to cover many times. And the hardest thing I've ever read is when Jesus said the same measure that you measure out mercy and forgiveness, when you get to heaven, that's the measuring stick that the Father will measure it back to you. The way that you handle unforgiveness and anger and offense and the way that you hand out grace is the way God the Father will hand it out to you. Now look at me. That ought to change your whole life in an instant. That I cannot harbor unforgiveness. I don't get to cancel you. I don't get, to, I don't get to, to be offended in you all of my life. I don't get to disappear from communication. I don't get to harbor unforgiveness and hatred and anger. Because I need mercy from God. So I give mercy to you. I need forgiveness. Anybody need forgiveness? Just raise your hands and wave at me, like this. I need forgiveness from God. I saw a few super Christians back here that don't need it. <laughs> I'll see y'all after. <laughs> I need forgiveness. Are you with me, everybody? I need mercy in my life. I can't. So, it, it. Listen, if I read it the way I think I read it, I have to reconcile to you because God. Through Christ is reconciling me. God has called us as kingdom citizens to pass up on the opportunity to live offended. And that may be the most countercultural thing you're going to hear in this church. That God has called the people of God in this church, in your life, God's called Christians to pass up the opportunity. To live offended. Write it down like this if you're taking notes. The test of offense proves your potential to not live offended and to easily forgive. Offense is a test, it's a test from God. It's a test in this world. How are you going to deal when offense comes into your life? How are you going to deal in a relationship when there's misunderstanding? How are you going to deal in a relationship when there's unmet expectations? How are you going to deal when there's miscommunication in your marriage, on your job, with your team, in a church? How are you going to handle church problems, work problems, marriage problems? The test... Of offense proves that you have potential to not live offended and to easily forgive Now I wrote it like that on purpose because you can feel offended and choose not to live offended Say amen to that You can feel, as a matter of fact, offense as a disease only has two stages Stage one is that you feel offended Stage one is that it's unavoidable. There's something that happened, a miscommunication, an unmet expectation. You didn't do what I thought you were going to do. It didn't turn out the way I thought it was. You didn't say what I thought you should say. There is an offense that comes into your relationship. It's stage one, and you can't avoid it. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Luke 17 and 1, he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Jesus said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. In other words, Jesus said, it's going to happen if you're in relationship with anybody for any length of time that there's going to be an offense. People always, they surprise me. Not y'all, but people in first service surprise me when they say, I just can't believe how offended I am at these people in this church. Why are you surprised by that? When there's two or three people together... There's an opportunity for offense. When you put two or three people together in an office in a cubicle with no windows and high production, there, there's an opportunity for offense. Are you with me, everybody? When you put two single people together that have lived their own lives and you put them together in a marriage, a man and a woman, you put them together in a marriage, and you think because there's chemistry, there's no offense, you ain't been married longer than a week or two. (laughs) Because it could be brown chicken, brown cow, and you still have offense. Are you with me, everybody? Sing it to your head. Brown chicken, brown cow. I've been married almost 23 years. Doesn't matter how good it is, there's opportunity for offense. You can have a a friendship for 10 years, 12 years, 15, your best friend from high school, your friend from college, and there's still opportunity. It is impossible. Offense is impossible to avoid. There's gonna be unspoken expectations, unmet expectations, unrealistic expectations, and you feel offended. Listen to me. That's stage one. Everybody has it. Everybody in the room is diseased with it. Everybody who's ever born of a woman has stage one offense. You feel offended. But stage two is a choice. Stage two is not when you feel offended, not when you feel angry, not when you feel misunderstood. Stage two is when you decide to live offended. It's different to feel that way and to live that way. Write it down like this Many people are looking for an offense rather than overlooking an offense. Many people are looking for an offense. Rather than overlooking an offense. And I'm telling you. If you're going to have God honoring relationships. If you're going to have a marriage that honors God. If you're going to have friendships that last longer than three months. If you're going to have dating relationships that make it the distance. If you're going to have work relationships that are deeper than surface level. If you're going to have church relationships that make it the distance. And we build the kingdom together. You're going to have to decide to overlook offense in your life. The people of God are people who are not. Not offended. You will feel that way. They're just people who choose to live unoffended. I refuse to hold that against you. I refuse to hold that against you. I refuse to believe that you meant that. I refuse to believe that you did that on purpose to hurt my feelings. Are you with me, everybody? You're going to have to develop the muscle of overlooking. This is good preaching. I'm going to listen to my own YouTube tomorrow. (laughs) And I'm going to preach myself down (laughs) Preach it white boy That's what I say (laughs) You're going to This is so not like America in 2023 For me to tell Christians You can get over it you don't know how bad it was. I don't care how bad it was. God forgave you when you were at your worst, and you're gonna hold on to un- you're gonna hold on to unforgiveness and offense and problems and I can't believe and hurt. No, I have to get over it. You got to learn to overlook offense. You got to develop the muscle of no. I believe differently about them. Would I? You know what they said about you? I don't want to know what they said about me. What did you... I'll tell you what I heard. I don't care what they said. I believe their hearts. You know how to stop... Listen, you know how to stop a rumor in its track? You look, you look the gossiper right in the eye and say, Nah. I don't believe that. What? What? Who? 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 No I, no, I know them. No, I know David. No, he wouldn't do it like that. Well, that's what I heard. That's what they said. That's what they said. Yeah, I'm just choosing to overlook it. You'll stop God. Listen, I'm, just, I'm, I'm healing some of your work relationships. You've been miserable every Monday for the last 15 years because you walk into a toxic work environment believing the office has the issue. The office doesn't have the issue. It's not them. It's me. I refuse to live offended. I refuse to carry a chip on my shoulder. Some of y'all got a whole, a whole bag of lays potato chips on your shoulder. Look straight ahead so you don't look at nobody. Walking around, uh, you know, people like this walking around looking for a reason to be mad. I'm not mad today, but I, it's early. You ain't said nothing dumb yet, but it's early. I ain't angry yet, but I'm trying to be. I'm not. I'm trying to live in unity I'm trying to live in I, Listen I'm trying to love people to Jesus I'm trying to keep my marriage of 23 years Together for my two children I'm trying to raise two world changers I'm trying to build an army of thousands of people To change the world and make a difference In the world I don't have time To live with offense in my life I don't have time to worry about what you think And you said and maybe they and maybe I don't know I'm going to overlook I choose to what they mean by that I don't care what they meant by that What, what they say that for I don't know why but I trust them I'm overlooking the offense in my life I'm not looking for it you'll change your relationships if you'll develop the muscle of overlooking offense I'm going to give you three reasons not to live offended because I always preach in threes I'll give you three reasons not to live offended if you're taking notes write these in your notes number one it's exhausting (laughs) can I just be honest with you it's exhausting to live offended your whole life. Imagine getting up every day carrying the weight of, well, they don't like me and they don't like me and they, me and they hate me and they hate me and I don't know why and this is terrible and my whole life's upside down. I can't find a man. I can't find a woman. I hate this church. I hate my job. I hate H-E-B. This is the worst restaurant. I hate this life. <laughs> Y'all laugh, but you know people like this. It is physically, spiritually, emotionally, And mentally exhausting for you to carry around unforgiveness your whole life. To carry around a spirit of offense. You nurse your offense. You rehearse your offense. You curse your offense. And you get to the end of the day and you're drained and you don't know why. It's because you gave mental and emotional and soul space to offense. It is exhausting to live your whole life offended at others. It's exhausting. It'll take away your strength. I'll prove it to you. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our... You didn't say it out loud. Nobody knows about it. Yes, joy of the Lord is our strength. If the joy of the Lord is your strength and offense is in your heart, joy has no place in your heart when offense takes up all of your soul. So the reason you don't have strength is because you don't have joy. And the reason you don't have joy is because there's no room in your soul because of all of this hurt. And unforgiveness and an and offense that you've carried around. And now the joy of the Lord trying to get in, trying to give you some strength, trying to give you some energy, trying to give you some joy. But I can't get in because you, you've clouded your soul with unforgiveness and offense. Are you there? Say amen. It's exhausting. Let me give you the second reason why you can't live offended it's distracting. It's distracting. Some of us have spiritual ADHD. Look at me. And you can't move your life forward. You can't get on mission and stay on purpose because every time you start walking towards God, you're distracted by offense. And you turn to the right and to the left, and the enemy is distracting you from your purpose. The enemy's distracting you. He knows he can't destroy you. The thief comes not but for to kill, steal and destroy. That doesn't mean your soul. When you're a believer, when you're in, when you're in relationship with Jesus, he can't destroy your soul and take you to hell. So he'll just distract you from your purpose on the earth. You'll just live 30 years of your life distracted by the offense when you were an 11-year-old kid instead of letting that go and letting God heal you so you can get on mission. You'll just be distracted by every church you visited and every place you've been. You'll be distracted by all the offense so that you'll never actually become a member, never actually put down roots and actually get on mission and change the world with other people. I'm helping some of y'all today. This is no good A. Manning, but I'm telling you, I'm setting you free from the vicious cycle of offense in your life and distracted from your purpose. And you sleep at night thinking, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. i tell you where I would start. I would release every offense in my life so that I can get clarity on my purpose. It's distracting to live offended. Here's the third thing, write this down, it's contagious Here's the reason why I wouldn't live offended You can catch it and a mask don't help You can catch it You can catch offense from other people You can ca- I, I have met people, not y'all, but in first service I've met Christians who get offended and they don't even know why I just got offended because you were Tell me who we hate today. I forget who, who we mad at. Tell me who we mad at right now because I'll be mad with you. Tell me who did something to you, honey. I, I just want to know because I'm telling you, I, I knew that. I knew that about Julia. I've been thinking that about her. I could see that. Oh, 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 is that what he said? Oh, I, oh, I knew that. I, I thought that. I never heard him say that, but I can believe that. I knew that was it. I knew, and now there's a fence that's spreading. I, I don't do any of my own yard work. I know that's hard to believe. I'm not much of an outdoorsman. But I do pay people to do good yard work. And I was doing some research about horticulture and, and trees. Because in the Bible, it, it talks about... Often it relates the child of God to a tree. You're planted by rivers of water. You're planted and flourishing in the courts of our God. You're, the, 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 you're, you're growing like an olive tree, a cedar of Lebanon, producing fruit into your old age. And so I started thinking about a tree, and I started researching about a tree. And here's what I found: most diseases in trees are not native to the tree. Most of most of diseases in trees are spread by their proximity to another diseased tree. In other words. The oak tree in your front yard can get diseased not because something attacked it but because it was close enough to an oak tree in your neighbor's yard that had a disease and the wind blew it and the branches touched and the roots connected and now this normally healthy tree is diseased not because something it did but because of proximity to who it was near. And there's some stuff in your life that you're dealing with, some toxicity in your relationships because of who you're connected to. And offense is contagious. You get around offended people, attract other offended people into their lives. It's not in the Bible, but it ought to be. Birds of a feather. Y'all knew that one, and y'all didn't know the joy of the Lord, your strength? <laughs> Offended people get together, sit together, talk together, have lunch together, get together. Let's just talk about it. Let's just and and Christian offended people masqueraded and I'm just I'm just seeking the Lord right now. I'm just I just want to know. what I'm just waiting on God. I'm just praying for them. You're not praying or seeking God. You're harboring offense and it's contagious. And you're trying to find other infected people around you to make you feel better about your offense. I'm just trying to think about how none of y'all come back next week. <laughs> it's contagious. It's contagious. You'll, you'll get it. How come all these people around me have issues? Because you got issues. Maybe you grew up in a house of offended people, maybe your family of origin. And you feel like you got that we we've created a whole generation. Listen to me, everybody over the age of 30, look into my eyes. We've created a generation coming behind us who are justice warriors. But they're not justice warriors according to Bible justice. They're justice warriors according to their own justice. They have their own version of truth. And whatever my truth is, if you offend my truth, then I'm going to come out to get you, cancel you, boycott you, protest you, I don't get to ghost you, I don't get to show up, I don't get to do any of that. Listen, that is not kingdom. Living Maybe you grew up in your life Always in a spirit of offense Just because you didn't come from health Doesn't mean healthiness can't come from you Just because you grew up around negativity And anger and offense Doesn't mean you have to live your life that way It's contagious You got to learn how to deal with anger and offense Let's open God's word So you think I'm actually preaching I had not read from the Bible yet (laughs) Ephesians the fourth chapter If you have a Bible Ephesians 4, flip over really quick. I gotta hurry and give you some scripture on how to deal with offense and anger in your life and relationships. Ephesians 4 and 26 says, in your anger, do not sin. Is it is it a sin to be angry? No. Can anger lead to sin? Yes. In your anger, do not sin. In other words, you're gonna have to figure out how to deal with offense and anger. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Underline that in your Bible. Verse 27. Do not give the devil a foothold. Skip down to verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Skip down to verse 31. Get rid. I love how the, he says that. Get rid Empty your lives, empty your soul, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander and every form of malice. What am I gonna have if I get rid of all of that? <laughs> Verse 32 be kind. You know how to be countercultural today? It's not boycotting everything under the world. You know how to stand as a Christian in dark seasons? Do this. Get rid of offense Refuse to live offended Refuse to live with unforgiveness Refuse to live uh, cancel culture Refuse to live ghosting And gaslighting everybody around you Just be kind That'll set you apart I'm telling you You'll get employee of the month If you'll just learn how to be kind And compassionate to one another Forgiving each other Why? How? You don't know what they did You don't know what they said. You don't know where I come from. You don't know how much they hurt me. You don't know how bad the divorce was. You don't know how terrible the breakup was. You don't know the business dealing. You don't know what kind of crook they are. You don't know what kind of jerk I work for. Why should I do that? Because Christ has forgiven you. And to whom much is given, much is required. You got to be careful. Holding on to anger and offense Because the Bible says you give the devil A foothold The word we translate foothold in English Is a Greek word, topos, t-o-p-o-s It's where we get the word Topography It, it literally means An area, a room Listen to me According to the Bible If you harbor offense and unforgiveness And anger in your soul You literally set up a room For the devil to live Some of you would think I'll never I'll ne- Man I'm not, watch- I'm not watching the Grammys I saw it in posts Don't go Google it I'm, I would never I'd never let evil and demonic in like that I'd never let that sort of stuff in my soul I'd never let that But you're harboring unforgiveness and bitterness And offense in your soul And you are building a room And hanging a sign on the outside That said devil welcome here <laughs> Welcome home that's what the Bible says. You give him a foothold in your soul. He has a, so here's what happens. So when, you, when there's an opportunity for offense that comes back up, when there's another misunderstanding, miscommunication, unmet expectation in some relationship, the devil doesn't have to insert himself into it. He already has a room there. He has a foothold in your soul so that you live this vicious cycle of offense. And it's not because the people around you are so bad. It's because you gave him a place in your... You gave him access to work against you. I don't want the enemy to have any access to my marriage, to my children, to my friends, to my small group, to my office, to my team, to my church family. I don't want it. I don't want him to have a hold in my soul so that every time you speak... There's an offense that comes Are you there? Say amen everybody Sometimes I think I've been in ministry 23 years vocationally Sometimes I think I'd be a good devil <laughs> I really do I think I'd be good at being the devil Because I've seen what he's done To so many people over the last couple of decades And I think man I'd have a good strategy if I was him Sometimes I think if I was In a strategy session in hell What would I do? How would, I, how would I hurt God's people How would I hurt the, the people that, that I get to pastor how, how would I hurt the people in my group How would I hurt people on my team People in my office How would I, how would I hurt marriages If I, I knew I couldn't take you to hell Because you're saved Because the blood of Jesus covers you So if I can't get you in hell How can I make your life hell on earth If I was a devil Here's what I'd do I thought about it Not long because it's a little dark But I thought, here's what I'd do. Write it down. If I was a devil, I'd be a good devil. Here's what I'd do. First thing I'd do is I would divide families and friends and churches. If I was the devil, I would divide families and friends. You think about the last three and a half years. The, 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 The enemies had one agenda in Western civilization it is to divide families and friends and churches. To divide. It's easier than ever to be divided. If I was the if I was the enemy, I would divide you from your family. I would I would sit you down at, at Super Bowl when you get ready to, to to eat wings together and watch the Eagles win tonight in Jesus' name. When you when you stop, wait, 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 wait. If I was the de- if I was the devil, I'd have that one crazy cousin to bring up politics <laughs> and just see if I couldn't divide you. If I was the devil, I'd use racial division. I divide us up by the by the melatonin in our skin. And I'd say you're different than me and I'm different than I would divide us up by social media I'd divide us up, a lo- I would destroy Friendships, I would have family Members quit talking to each other, aunts not talking To cousins and cousins not talking to cousins And moms and dads not talking to kids I would ruin marriages, I would Split churches, I would divide Christians Because here's what I know If we're divided, we can take On the world and change the world And make a difference, if we're United, that's where God's blessing Is, if we're divided, nothing works in our life, nothing, nothing nothing works divided nothing works, if we're divided nothing works, if we're united we're unstoppable, if we're divided we're weak and ineffective and if I was the devil I would divide you off, let me tell you as a pastor the first thing I notice when when there's a spiritual attack is who divides what corner people run to because the enemy will pick you off from the crowd Divide If I was the enemy I would do this I would divide you from Your family and your friends and the people who love you and, And let offense harbor Number two If I was the enemy I would divide you from your friends, family and church Number two I would distract Christians from their mission I would distract you from doing what Jesus has called you to do If I could get you focused on offense More than you were focused on the mission At least I could slow down the call of God On your life I would distract you from getting on a team I would distract you from joining a small group I would distract you from becoming a church member I would distract you from being faithful on Sundays I would distract you from bringing your kids to students on Wednesdays I would distract you from men's and women's ministry I would just do anything I could to. I can't destroy you I can't take your soul So I'll just take away the health of your soul I'll just distract you from your mission. Normal distractions won't work. So we get, if I was the enemy, I'd get you mad at everything. I'd get you boycotting everything, arguing on social media. I'd get you forwarding all these crazy conspiracy videos to everybody just to distract you from everything that you were supposed to do. I, I would divide you, distract you. Number three, if I was the enemy, I'd do everything I could to discredit your witness. I'd do everything I could so that the world looked at Christians and said, "Man, I don't want what they got. Man, I don't I, if that's the way Christianity is, I'm out. Man, if that's the way it happens, I don't want anything to do with that. I would discredit your witness. I'd keep you angry and critical and judgmental and mad and arguing and hypocritical. I'd keep you self-righteous and self-centered and easily offended and ticked off of the world. If I was the enemy. I discredit your witness. Abraham and Lot show up in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis. They show up. You know this story if you've been around the Bible. They're on their way to where God's called Abraham and Lot are together, and they're both wealthy and they got a lot of stuff, and they start having disagreements and offense that shows up in their camps. And Lot's fellas are mad at Abraham's fellas. And Abraham's wives are mad at Lot's wives. And it's just terrible. And everybody's fighting. And Abraham makes this amazing statement. Read it for yourself the end of the book of Genesis. Abraham goes to Lot and he says, hey, this isn't good for us. The way that we're we're talking and and the way that we treat each other and the way that this is going down in our our camps, in our families, the way that there's offense and dishonor and disunity, this isn't good. And he says this phrase in the King James Version of the Bible. I was raised in King James. He said, we be brothers. (laughs) Abraham's a little hood. He said, we be brothers. And then he said this, listen. He said, despite all that, the Canaanites are watching. Read it for yourself. He says, the Canaanites are watching. In other words, the world is watching how we're treating each other. And this isn't good. And he'll discredit your witness. Tragically, all that stuff shows up. Sometimes it doesn't just show up on the outside, it shows up on the inside. Don't miss this, Ephesians 4.26. Sometimes it shows up in your own home. It it says, in your anger, do not sin, Ephesians 4.26. And do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't let the sun go down. Don't let the day end. It It doesn't physically mean the sun going down. Some of you are like, well... I'll wait till summer then because I got more sunlight, you know. <laughs> no, listen, it just means don't let the day end without dealing with offense. Write it down like this. Listen, this one statement will set you free. Look at me, lock into this one statement will set your relationships free. The day of your hurt should also be the day of your healing. The day, let me teach you how to live Unoffended. We teach you how to live without offense And unforgiveness in your life If the day that you get hurt Is the day that you heal from the hurt Don't let the sun go down Don't let there be another day Pass that you don't deal with this Don't let there be another season pass That you don't handle this situation in your life The the day that you're hurt The day that you're betrayed The day that you're offended Reconcile that day Well pastor they didn't apologize You don't have to wait on them to apologize Yes I do I refuse to let it go If they don't acknowledge what they were right You better be careful Because Jesus is hanging on the cross And looking at the people with nails and hammers in their hands And he looks into the heavens And he says Father Forgive them They don't know what they're doing Not one Roman soldier apologized And yet there was reconciliation The day of his hurt Was the day of his healing You've been forgiven of much. The day you're hurt, the day you're betrayed, just let it go. Some of y'all need that frozen anointing on you. Let it go. Let it go. You're going to sing it the rest of the day. Come play so I can quit. If you want a strong marriage, let me speak to all the married couples. The day of your hurt, let it be the day of your healing. Brandy and I try to do this. Don't let the sun go down on you. It didn't say don't go to bed. It just said don't go to sleep. Okay, everybody? You go to bed angry because there's, there's points to be scored in a married couple. You know what I mean? Like if you pull the covers over enough. You lose points if your toes touch, you know. So, <laughs> just don't go to sleep. Some of you are like, Pastor, I've been up since Friday. We ain't slept since Friday. <laughs> It's been three days Let it go Let it go Imagine how different your friendships Your marriage, your families, your church Your small group Your dream team Imagine how different your office would be If on the same day you were hurt You were healed Imagine, look at me Imagine how your thirties would have been different If the same day you were hurt You were healed Imagine how the last 10 years of your life would have gone if on the day of your hurt it became the day of your healing. Verse 29 don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs that benefits them. Don't call names, don't raise your voice, don't get historical don't talk about what well, yeah but I you know this has happened before I've been holding on to this for a while I've been thinking about this for months no I'm gonna let that go don't say never and always you never do this you never do you always act like that no don't ever threaten divorce I don't just mean in marriage by the way don't come home from work every day going I'm quitting don't come home from church every day and go, let's look somewhere else. Don't come home at, at night and, and, and threaten divorce. Don't because listen, if you give yourself ability to walk away, eventually you'll take it. Eventually you will walk away. Don't do that. Don't don't. Here's my last one for don't ever quote your pastor during a fight. That's personal. Just don't do that. Don't ever quote me. leave me out get rid of all bitterness verse 31 get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger what if our country did this? what if our world did this? what if our colleges did this? what if your high school did this? get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander and every form of malice verse 32 and be kind Kind and compassionate forgive each other as Jesus has forgiven you I have this one friend he's one of those people you know what I mean one of those people that know it all they know it all oh yeah I know, I know. oh yeah I know about that oh yeah I got that oh yeah he knows everything he's always right he knows everything about church he knows everything about theology he knows everything about money he knows everything about raising kids by the way those people usually don't have kids he knows everything the government does wrong. He knows exactly what we shot down over Canada yesterday. He knows the truth about COVID. He knows every source. He knows everything about everything. He just knows it all. And sometimes I just thank God out of the 8 billion people in the world, you gave me a friend that knows everything about everything. How lucky am I? <laughs> Hang on. It's not him, it's me got to thinking, what if it's me? What if sometimes I come off like that? What if sometimes I think I got it figured? What if sometimes I'm the offensive one? What if sometimes I'm the angry one? What if sometimes I'm the one with unforgiveness and bitterness in my heart? So I pray this prayer every day. It's the last prayer I'll give you in the last scripture I'll give you today, and then we'll pray. Every day I ask God, Psalm 139 and verse 23. Search me, God. And know my heart. Matter of fact, bow your heads. Close your eyes. Let me pray this prayer over you. Open your hands before the Lord and maybe you pray this prayer too. Search me, God. Search me, God, and know my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24, I know your eyes are closed, but it says, see if there is any offensive way in me. God, that's my prayer. It's not them. It's not my spouse. Not Brandy. It's not my kids. It's not my church. Not this staff. Not my group. Not this. Not, not, not my office. It's me. Search me. Search me and see if there's any offensive way in me. Search me and see if I'm harboring offense and I'm harboring unforgiveness. And I've, I've inadvertently made a room in my heart for the enemy to take a foothold. Now, every relationship is filtered through the lens of my hurt and my offense. So God, search me and know me. Know all of my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. The last part of the verse is this. And lead me to the way everlasting. God, that's my prayer today. With every hand open before the Lord, that you'd lead us out of bitterness and out of anger and out of offense and out of unforgiveness and into the way everlasting. God, I want to have a marriage that honors God. I want to have a church that honors God. I want to be in a family that honors God. I want to be in relationships that honor God. God, forgive me. Search me. Know me. Cleanse me of unforgiveness and bitterness and offense. You know who you are. If you're harboring that unforgiveness, just open your mouth and whisper to God, search me. Know me. See if there's any offensive way in me. And then God, Lead me to everlasting life. Lead me along the way of everlasting. God, I just need healing in my life. I don't want to live another 10 years harboring this. I don't want to go through another marriage. I don't want to go through another job transfer. I don't want to try to find another church family. I don't want to go through another group. I don't want to find another friend and carry this unforgiveness and offense in my heart. So cleanse me and search me and know me see if there's any offensive way in me and then lead me to the way everlasting if you've never given your heart to Jesus every eyes closed and hearts are open it starts with that it starts realizing I got to receive forgiveness before I can give forgiveness I got to receive mercy before I can give mercy so, if you need to do that, if you need to re- recommit your life, rededicate your life to Jesus today, or maybe for the first time in your whole life, you need to get serious about a relationship with God. You need to receive the mercy of Jesus into your life so that you can be a person of mercy. Everybody's gonna pray this with you, but nobody can pray it for you. Out loud, everyone just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross. It purchased my salvation, it purchased my forgiveness so I repent I give you all of my life I give you my past I give you my sin I give you my offense I give you my hurts I give you my present my relationships my calling my purpose I give you my future my destiny what you want from me here's the part that only you can pray make me brand new Come on, say, make me brand new. I give my life to you. I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for saving me, making me new. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout an amen. Amen. Give God praise for his word, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit CityHillsTX.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.